you stand with us this morning? Let's worship the Lord. We praise you, Lord.
Thank you. We're going to get started this morning. If this is your first time or second time, if you're a visitor with us this morning, we'd ask that you would be seated at this time. So please, all of our visitors, be seated. We're so thankful that you're here with us this morning. And here shortly, our connecting team will be coming forward looking for you. They're going to give you a packet of information to try and help you get connected here at Stratford. We're thankful you're here. Now for the rest of us, let's get out, shake hands, welcome each other to church. Holy Ghost, like the raging fire. 
Church. Whether you are one of our faithful attenders or perhaps visiting for the very first time, we're so thankful you chose to be with us today. We trust that you have already found our Stratford Heights family to be friendly and very welcoming. There are so many exciting and wonderful events going on in our church community that you need to know about. So here's a look at some of the things you and your family can be part of. The Men's and Women's Encounter is a special weekend set aside to have a personal life-changing experience with God. The still small voice of God competes to be heard over the distractions in our everyday lives. This retreat allows time for God to work in our lives without the distractions of our daily routines in an environment that has been bathed in fasting and prayer. We believe that God is coming back for a sanctified bride. At this weekend, individuals will encounter three things, themselves, the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit. This retreat will be taking place from Friday, October 3rd at 6 p.m. through Sunday, October 5th at 1 p.m. at the Church of God Campgrounds in Morrow, Ohio. Encounters are open to men and women ages 18 and up. 16 and 17 year olds are welcome as well if accompanied by a parent. 
The cost is $115 per person, which covers lodging and meals. Registration is limited to the first 25 men and the first 25 women who sign up. Space is going to fill up quickly, so register today. Registration closes on October 1st. To register, contact Christian Mays or Rhonda Taylor or email us at stratencounters at gmail.com. Come be part of this special encounter with the Lord. Family Fun Fest is once again coming to Stratford Heights. This community festival is just one of the many events intended to bring life and joy into our city. The festival is open to all ages. The Family Fun Fest will not only have the greatest food and fellowship, but will be packed with events for the whole family. There will be a trunk or treat for the kids, blow up games and rides, the ever popular rock climbing wall, petting zoo, live drama, crafts, food from all over the world, and so much more. And the best part is that it's all free. The Family Fun Fest takes place on November 2nd from noon till around 5 p.m. right here at Stratford Heights Church of God. Children are welcome and encouraged to come dressed in costume that morning to church. Keep in mind that on that Sunday, November 2nd, we only have one service at 10 a.m., not the normal 10.45 a.m. There will not be an 8.30 a.m. service, Sunday school classes, or a 6 p.m. service, just the one morning service at 10 a.m. Once again, all events are free. However, food will be sold to support the festival and local ministries within the church. Donations and volunteers are gladly accepted and encouraged. For more information, contact Christian Mays and we'll see you on November 2nd for our Family Fun Fest. In 2015, Stratford Heights will be celebrating 100 years. We've already begun working on our celebration, which will take place in October 2015. It seems like a long way away, but we're making preparations now and we need your help. If you have photos or videos that we can use in the new church directory or in the celebration video, please turn them in to Pastor Richard as soon as possible. There's a couple ways you can go about getting us your pictures and videos. You can email them to pastrichards67 at yahoo.com. You could upload them to a flash drive and bring them by the office, or you can put your photos or videos in a box or envelope. All items will be returned to you, of course. Thank you so much for your help in making this celebration one we'll never forget. We are quickly approaching the holiday season and we have lots going on here at Stratford Heights. In the coming weeks, we will be letting everyone know about our annual Christmas banquet, which will be held on Sunday, December 21st at 6 p.m. This year's church Christmas banquet will be a carry-in dinner and free for all those who attend. All you'll need to do is let us know that you're coming. A sign-up for this event will begin in early November, so keep a lookout for that. Our annual Thanksgiving service will be Tuesday evening, November 25th, with a cider and donut fellowship in the gym following the service. Advent begins Sunday, November 30th, with special messages each week by Pastor Ray Phillips. The children's Christmas program will be Sunday evening, December 7th, and the Christmas musical will be Saturday evening, December 13th, as well as Sunday evening, December 14th. More information regarding all these events will be coming up in the next few weeks. We just wanted you to know the dates now so that you can add them to your calendar. As you can see, it's an exciting time to be part of Stratford Heights Church, and we're so glad you're with us today. Now, we invite you to stand as we continue our worship together. Praise you, Lord. We exalt your holy name. 
I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. How many of you know your help doesn't come from a person? Doesn't come from a church? Doesn't come from a pastor? It doesn't come from people on this earth. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel, can you say amen? amen, shall neither slumber nor sleep. If you ever want to know if he can take care of your needs, look at the little country of Israel. He has taken care of her, hasn't he? Amen. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Listen to verse 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time and even forevermore. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? I made a promise. And perhaps she is even watching in this service this morning. Late last night, I received a call from the Boyer family. Sister Lane Boyer is in need of urgent prayer. Sister Lane, if you're watching right now, this congregation is going to take you before the Lord. She is in excruciating pain. Cannot be here in church this morning because of it. She needs a touch from God. How many of you believe and know that God can touch her? We believe and we stand on the Word of God. He is able. So I want you right now to agree with me. We're not only going to pray for Sister Elaine, but we're going to pray as well for our youth pastor's family, Cameron Jones. Cameron and Whitney and the girls and Jamie as well. 
Jamie Bales, it was Cameron's sister, they've taken off to Colorado. Cameron's mother found her brother the other morning where they were caregiving for their mother who is at death's door. And he has went on, he's passed. And you can imagine the devastation of her finding him in the morning, them just the unbelievable pain that she's going through. Cameron and his family have immediately changed all their plans and they've taken off to Colorado early this morning. They're headed over there to be with their family. You know, Cameron said something I know he wouldn't mind me saying. But he was broken and we were talking in his office and he said at first he was going to do his very best to just go by himself and be there with his mom and his family and not take Whitney and the girls. And then when he was talking with his mom and he saw the immense hurt in her, the anguish, he said all he could think about with tears rolling down his own face, all he could think about was those two little girls running up into grandma's arms. And I said, you get them there. And so they've left and they're going to be there for the next few days. And I, I want us now as we pray for Sister Elaine, we're also going to pray for Cameron and the Jones family and the Bales family as they're going through this very difficult, difficult time. This is something that's been happening. They've got grandmas at, the death, at death's door. She could go at any time. And then you've got the uncle who passed away, and then they had another uncle who passed away just a few weeks ago. They've gone through a lot. Do you love our new youth pastor? Isn't he and Wendy wonderful? Would you take someone right where you are by the hand? And as you do, we're also praying for the less Daniel, who needs a major urgent touch of the Lord as well. And we're praying for Gordon Lawson, who needs a healing touch. And many of you, I've got, I know I've got you holding a hand, but if you'd say, Pastor, I want in on this effectual, fervent prayer that will avail much, would you just nod your head at me? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we understand and we know that, Lord, our trust and our confidence is not in our own powers. It's not even in doctors and nurses and people that we trust in this life to take care of us. Lord, our trust and confidence relies heavily on you. We give you everything. We give you all of these hurts. We give you these sicknesses. We pray, Lord, that you will touch each one. I pray that you will touch Sister Elaine Boyer right now. Lord, as she is resting now, I pray that you will touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. May she feel the presence and the power of her healer, her Savior, touching her body physically. We stand in agreement in prayer of healing for her body. I ask you, Lord, to touch her and to minister to Brother Lawson and to touch Brother Daniel, that, Lord, your hand would rest on each of them together collectively. And, Lord, for every person in this house that needs that touch as well, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch them. We stand on your word. We believe in the promises of your word. We believe in the sacrifice that you made at Calvary, the stripes that you took on your back, and we are calling in, Lord, that faith to believe you for healing. We thank you for this this morning. We give you honor and we give you praise. For we know it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit that all things are done. So we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We ask you, Lord, to, we ask you to, to touch and minister to Cameron's family. 
Minister to the Bales, minister to the Joneses. Touch them by your Holy Spirit. Comfort them and be with them during the next few days, as difficult as that is for them. We pray that they'll understand and see that rock of Gibraltar is their strength. And we pray, God, the comfort and love of the angels of God will surround them and the love of God will be with them. We thank you for them and we ask you to use us to show forth the great compassion of the body of Christ as they need us to lift them up in prayer. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everyone together said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Now would you pray with me as we collectively pray for Israel. Father, as we come again before you, we come for one purpose and mission in this prayer, and that is that you will bless and keep, protect and preserve the little country of Israel. Lord, we pray over her borders. We pray over her soldiers. We pray over her children, her mothers and her fathers. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless her and keep her. Provide for her. Let her feel and sense your mighty hand of protection. Set your angels around on every corner where enemies are poised against her. We believe and we thank you, Lord, that she is your eye, the apple of your eye. We understand and know she is your chosen. And Lord, we are blessed to pray for her. We ask you in the name of Jesus to be with her, protect her, and keep her from all harm. And let your work be accomplished without hindrance without obstacle or fail. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. You may be seated. I received a note that Brother Mike Gibson is with us today. Where are you, Mike? Where are you? There you are. You have a guest with you. Would you stand? We want to recognize you. This is one of our boys that went off to North Carolina, and he is, from what I understand, this is somebody pretty serious in your life, is that right? Well, we're delighted to, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have her name written down. Bernadette. Bernadette, on behalf of Stratford Heights Church, thank you for being here with us today and for making him a happy man. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. See, what we love about Mike is that Mike is faithful to watch online. He is part of our online congregation when he moved down to North Carolina, he became part of our congregation by virtue of the internet. And so we appreciate him. He helps us keep it in line, too. And times he'll help us when the, the frequencies are not right, he'll call in and give us, give us the special help we need. So it's good to see you, Mike. Welcome home. I know Mom is happy. She's back there. <laughs> I also would like to, to ask you to help me with something. I received a very kind email this week from one of our neighbors. And uh, very, very nice. And he, he said he was a God-fearing man and he appreciated uh, what our church brought to the community. And he thought that we were a, a good church and a beautiful church. He complimented our campus. And he said, but if I could, Pastor, I would like to ask you, I have small children. And he said, some of your congregation is in a real big hurry to get to Jesus. He said, would you please... Um, ask them if they wouldn't mind to, the, to stick to the speed limit to coming down Stratford Drive and to especially watch closely for not only his children but other children that would be down there and uh, along the sidewalks and, and play in the yards. Is that okay? Say amen. amen. We need to obey the laws of the land 
even if they are speed limits. Just kidding. But we want to we want to be good neighbors. I expressed to him that I know my church, and I know that most of, all of you, probably ninety five percent of you, do that anyway. But that there would be a few of you that might could use the lesson this morning. That we need to be careful, and we need to be alert to. Uh, to others in, in our neighborhood. We need to be a good representation to our neighborhood, right? Right. He thanked me for the email and was very kind again. I assured him that if you were being a, a speed speed racer, that he could call me on my personal cell phone and tell me about it. So uh, please settle down. And some of the, uh, <laughs> some of the young people, I, I wanna tell you, I, I was here uh, a couple of Tuesday nights ago and, and after service, uh, some of you were, uh, uh, how do I put it? Well, you were testing your accelerator in the parking lot. And uh, I would like to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to please be attentive and careful, not only on the street, but also in the parking lot as well. Uh, we need you to be very careful when you're driving. And uh, we don't always know. They call it an accident because it wasn't planned. And so we want to be careful. Our ushers are coming to serve you this morning, and as they do, I would ask you that you would consider, once again, in the month of October, as you heard through our announcement, somebody asked me last week, they said, who is that woman? Does she go to our church? And I've had people looking for her all over the congregation. She doesn't go here. <laughs> it was just a, a, a company I met at, at General Assembly who, who asked if they could help, and we're, we're just testing it out and trying it. That one... It's probably a little bit longer than I would like it to be, but uh, we'll, we'll get that kind of stuff squared away. Um, but it does tell uh, what we have coming up. And as you know, in a couple of weeks, we will be doing our annual outreach to our community, to our neighborhood. And so we want to do that well. Last year, we had well over 2,000 people that were on our campus. And uh, we loved them and shook hands with them and made friends with them. And um, we're excited to be able to do that again. It's a way for us to let them know that we love them. We want to be outreach oriented and outreach heart, have an outreach heart. We want to love the things that Jesus loves. And so as we get ready for that, we're pulling in all kinds of things as you, as you heard on the announcement to make it a very special and wonderful day. And of course, we're trying to budget that as well. So our, our loose offering this morning, over and above your tithes, is going to go towards our family fun fest. So I would ask you, if you would, to uh, be considerate of that need. And as you give today, we want to give to the mission of Middletown. So we're going to do that. How many of you know it's just as much a mission when it's here as it is when it's over there? Amen. So I want us to pray that God will use us, that the message that day will be centered in such a way that it will touch hearts and lives of people. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to minister now through our gifts. Lord, you are the great giver. You're the one who has blessed us and given us a roof over our head and the opportunity, God, to be used in your economy's kingdom. I pray that you will touch us today, that you'll anoint us not just to give an offering or to pay our tithe, but, Lord, to be used as vessels, not only in, in prayer and our gifts and talents and other areas, but, Lord, that you would also use us in our gifts. Touch us today. Minister and may the needs be met according to your plan and design for our community. We pray in advance for every man, woman, boy, and girl that will come on our campus. 
I pray, God, that you'll anoint people with love. I pray that you will touch them to love our community. And God, we want this to be a grand day, a day where we are selfless, where we're not concerned about ourselves, but Lord, that we want to serve. And I pray that you will anoint the day to make an impact for you and for your kingdom as we represent you, as we hold up the mirror of your work in our lives and look just like you to a hurting and lost world. In Christ's name, amen. Are you not thankful that the Lord has been moving in the service this morning? I'd like to charge everybody, if you would, if you feel comfortable to stand and worship him this morning, I know, I feel in my heart that there's something that the Lord's wanting to do specific in this service. He wouldn't have come earlier and not move like that to have something specific. He's wanting to touch hearts this morning. When the saints go to worship, that's when the King of Kings will come in. When the saints go up in praise, that's when the Spirit shall inhabit this place.
Amen. He's the king and he's invited in. If you would remain standing with me very quickly, we'll get right to the reading of the word. Got 21 pages I can do in 16 minutes. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. He's the king. He's the king. Can I just, I need to obey the Holy Spirit. He's brought this to my mind three times. Jesus said in the book of Luke, he said, be sure that offenses will come. The king is coming. And the Holy Spirit has prompted me. I have no idea who I'm speaking to, but I need to give you what would be a word from the Lord. Offense is eating away at you like cancer. It is eating away at your joy. It is eating away at your, your, your peace. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit. You have allowed offense to become a poison to your spirit. And the Lord is sending out a declaration of promise to you that if you will lay that down and give that to him, you will be released from the hold the enemy is trying to have over your life, but not just you, trying to wrap up and chain up your entire family. Let it go. Let it go. Would you lift your hands around the sanctuary? Let it go. The enemy is the author of all schemes and devices against you. People are not your enemy. The devil himself, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He has chosen to sift you as weak, but we pray that your faith will fail not as Jesus spoke to Peter. Let it go. Let God begin to heal and touch your heart. Your family is in the balance. You sense and you know right now there are two paths that you can go. You can either become more upset and offended in this moment or you can go down another road and be set free. God says the choice is yours. Obey him and let it go. And watch the joy return to your experience. The blessing return to your home. The power of the Lord is speaking to someone here today. Let it go. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the worlds. 
who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Can you say amen? amen. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God, which is you. Touch us in the next few moments that, Lord, our time looking into your word, challenged by your Holy Spirit, will lead us into a deeper, more intimate place with you. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. The highest position of our faith, it's not, it's not found in, in religion, it's not found in churches. If, if you put all of your joy and all of your strength in the church, then you have been misled. You have been misguided by emotionalism and by all kinds of philosophies that are not of God. Our confidence, our high position of faith rests in one voice. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus is greater than anything, everything, all things on the face of this planet in heaven and below. Bible says that all power has been given to him. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a rabbi. He's not just an angel, as some had professed he was. He's not a prophet. He is the very pinnacle of our faith. There is no higher place you can ever go. Somebody says, well, you know, all I can do is pray. Don't ever say that again. The very best thing that you can ever do in all of your life is find a prayer closet somewhere where you can approach the very pinnacle of your faith, the high king of kings and the Lord of all lords, the president of all presidents, if you will, the celebrity of all celebrities. He is Jesus Christ, and he is greater than anything on this earth. When you pray to him, there's no higher office you can go to. When you pray in his name, there is no other power that is greater than the power that is found in his name. Can you agree with me this morning, Stratford Heights? Jesus is all that we need. We need nothing else. If you've got him, you've got it all. You've got everything. The writer of Hebrews was writing this. Now, we, we, I, we talk about the writer of Hebrews because there are theologians who fuss back and forth, debate back and forth. No one really wants to lay claim on who wrote Hebrews. A lot of theologians will tell you that Paul wrote Hebrews. Others will tell you that he couldn't have wrote Hebrews, that there was too much Greek, uh, he was too proficient in Greek, that he didn't end it with the right salutations that looked like Paul. So there's all kinds of things that make us doubt and make us wonder who wrote the book of Hebrews. But I was thinking about it the other night, and I was like, well, Lord, you know, 
every other book, you know, a lot of them that we, we figure out who it is and we were able to, to, to decipher who wrote the book. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, who cares who penned it? I wrote it. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture, say all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it, pro it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture given by inspiration of God. The Holy Spirit who breathed on men and gave them, whether it was a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, all of it doesn't matter who wrote it. What matters is that it is the infallible, inerrant words of Almighty God. And the Bible also goes on to tell us that in the New Testament, as we come through the years and generations of prophets who had a word and angels who gave a declaration, we have something brand new that came along. It was a veil that was rent in two, and the Holy of Holies was now enterable by us who can come boldly before the throne. Why? Because now a new and a living way is that Jesus Christ has tore down the partition that separated you and I from the Father God, and now we have access to his throne directly through Christ. The Word became flesh. The Word became flesh. That excites me this morning because he's not just a celebrity. He's not just a rabbi or a teacher. He's not even just as good as Moses was, as cool as David is, as wonderful as all the old prophets are then none of them compare to the one who came to be a man incarnate and is the Son of God. None of them were given the title or the privilege to become the Son of the living God. And the writer of Hebrews was literally starting off his chapter, and if you looked at what he started off with, he said, God, he didn't try to explain it. I like that. He didn't try to, I love that in Genesis. Don't you love it? In the beginning, God. I love that. It's like, get over yourself. I'm not going to spend 15 chapters trying to tell you that you are to believe in God. The Bible just kind of assumes if you got any kind of a brain about you at all, you're going to figure out that the stars and the moon and the planet and the way that all of this earth is put together, it couldn't have been something dreamed up by an ape or by a tadpole or by anybody else. I'm over that kind of argument anymore. I believe God is the one who spoke. God is the one who created the earth and the heavens. God did it. And the awesome thing about God is that God came down and became flesh through his son. And now you and I have access to him. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. He loves me and spends time with me. I have fellowship with the very God, creator, king of the universe. And he is that. He is the creator of the universe. He's the ultimate, high, and exalted one. There are lots of really cool people in this earth, a lot of great people. I mean, you look at Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He's great. He says, I am the greatest. You're great in your mind. And you're great in the ring. But let me tell you about something. I know the one who made the butterfly. I know the one who made the bee. 
I know the one who knocked out death with one punch at Calvary. I know that one. And he's greater than any man or woman on this earth. Michael Jordan is pretty cool. He can dunk. Man, he dunks better than anybody on earth. He, I mean, even LeBron bows, you know, to his, to his skill. But you look at that and you've got to say, man, Jesus Christ absolutely slam dunk of all slam dunks was done when he come up out of that grave. I'm telling you, he absolutely is the champion. When you look at it and you understand it, you know, Michael Phelps, I was looking at a video of him, the guy, they say that his, his, his ankles are like, they're like double jointed, which makes it like he's like a, like he's got fins on the back. He's one of the fastest men alive on the face of the earth. When I looked at that, I thought, wow, he's pretty great. Got all those medals hanging around his neck. He's pretty great. He's great. But he ain't greater than Jesus. Jesus can walk on top of the water that he swims in. He can run if he wants to. He is greater, greater than anything, anywhere, everywhere. He's awesome. And the writer of Hebrews wanted us to know that then. He wanted to talk to them because, you see, they had gotten steeped in their religion. They had got steeped in their faith. They were kind of getting used to things. And actually, through persecutions and trouble that they were experiencing, they were actually going tiptoeing back into the synagogue. And they were going back to getting themselves a goat and getting themselves a pigeon and going up to make a sacrifice. They were actually trying to go back to the old way, to the old past. They wanted to go back to their old life. They had forgotten where he had brought them from. They had forgotten where he had saved them from. They forgot the way the revelation of who he was first spoke to their heart. And so the writer of Hebrews said, God, who once did speak through the prophets, he once did speak through various ways and different means, through dreams and visions and sometimes writing on the wall. He, he did reveal himself in all those wonderful different ways at different times down through history. But he says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus, the final authority revealed. He said, and by the way, not only am I speaking through him, but I've appointed him as the heir of all things. He is the one who made the earth and the world. He's the one who is the brightness of our, my glory, the express image of my person, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. And when he had purged himself from the sins of the world, our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He became the ruler, the king of the universe. Amazing. Remember the old Carmen song? He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love. He is the powerful Lord. And the writer in Hebrews there, he said, I want to remind you who he is. Because if you'll remember who he is, if you'll just get a glimpse of who he is, you won't be tiptoeing back to your old life. You won't be tiptoeing back and being doubtful and worried and anxiety-filled. You won't be depressed and discouraged. You won't be offended. You won't have all those issues that are so human. If you'll just get a vision again of who he is, he is the author and the finisher of our faith, the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the almighty king of all kings and Lord of lords. He said, if you'll just get a picture of who he is, and the writer of Hebrews said, let me show you who he is. Let me tell you about who he is. And then he goes on and explains why. Go, go to chapter 2. And there at, at chapter 2, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm pulling page 17 up right now. 
In chapter, chapter 2, I want to read it verbatim. He says, well, just put it on the board if you got it. Chapter 2, verse 1. You got it? I'll just tell you what it says. He says, therefore, <laughs> we're trying to look for it, and I'll just do it my way. Therefore, he said, because of these things I've told you, he said, we ought to pay attention. The more earnestly we ought to pay attention to his words, to who he is, because, he says, lest we drift away. You don't have it up there? Oh, that's pretty. I'm sure they're loving that on the internet. There we go. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. He was trying to get a word to the Hebrews that they need to remember constantly who he is because it's easy to drift away. How many have ever found that to be true in your life? You can drift. You can get so comfortable and you can get so used to where you are that you start looking at the peripheral around you instead of keeping your eyes and your affection centered on the things of God. It's important that we don't forget where we've come from and where he brought us from. It's important that we see Jesus who he actually really is because when we get a good glimpse of who he is, we become unstoppable. Paul was the example of that. You say, are you telling me I can be unstoppable? I am telling you this morning, man, you can be absolutely unstoppable. There can nothing stop you, hinder you, pull you down, knock you out, put you out, put you down. I mean, I'm looking at a young man back there right now who the devil said you're dead. The devil said it's over. The devil said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to mark you. You'll never be married to a pretty girl. You're going to spend your whole life in, in hell, and you're going to end up dead in a casket, laying in the ground, and there's no hope and no future for you. But just like he spoke to Joseph, he spoke to Kyle, and he said, what the enemy desired and put down for you as evil, I have turned it around for your good. And now he's saved, and he's filled with the Spirit of God, and the love of the Lord is helping him to help others. And he has turned his life upside down. God rescued him, pulled him out of the mire and the clay. And there were a few others that had that as well. How many of you know he had to reach way down for you and for me? He had to find us where we were. And that same Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He created it. He was the author of it. And he is also the one who's going to cause us to go all the way across the finish line. He's going to take us across. And if we'll get a, pre a fresh vision of who he is, Jesus even had to remind his own disciples. They had been with him. They had seen the miracles. They had heard him talk. They were in his presence. I mean, you would think if they were just sitting there with him at McDonald's eating a fish fillet, they would be like, wow. That is so son of God. How could they? I mean, they walked with him on the Emmaus Road and they said, our hearts burned within us while he talked along the way. When he looks at you, when he talks to you, when he speaks anything, you, you've got this wonder and awe about who he is. They were with him over and over again and they had seen the miracles. 
And yet Jesus looked at them all and said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, you know what some are saying? They're out there saying that you're John the Baptist. Some are saying you're Elijah. Others are saying you're Jeremiah or you're one of the other prophets. And Jesus looked at them and said the most powerful question you'll find in the word and one that he asks each of us this morning. You say, oh, I've been in the church for 50 years. Well, I've been saved for 25. Well, I've been saved, Pastor Ray, I've been saved for 15 years. You don't need to ask me that. It's obvious. No, Jesus looked at his disciples who was there with him, who saw his works, and he said, who do you say that I am? And really, technically, that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews was saying to the Hebrews. He was asking them more or less that same question. He asked you and I, and he looked into his disciples' eyes, and he asked the same question. Because, see, if you'll settle that question and answer it, and you won't vacillate back and forth, and you won't be in doubt one minute, and, and on fire the next. You won't be in a tug of war back and forth. You cause so much hurt and there's so much disappointment and there's so much sadness and depression and your life and so many secrets and so many things that you're trying to get over and get on and get covered up and then get free from and, and you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And if you'll just settle the question as to who he is, you will become an unstoppable Unabsolutely, there's no way the enemy can ever stop you. You will absolutely become invincible. You say, are you sure? Are you trying to tell me I'm going to become some kind of superhero? No, not in your own strength and power, but by the power of the Holy Ghost and Christ in you, yes. You can walk on water if you need to. You can absolutely trail through any storm, through any trial, through anything you got coming at you, and you will come out the victor. I love that song, The Victor's Crown. I can see old David standing up there with a rock in his hand and a sling in one arm, and I can see him looking up, and I can hear the words to Victor's Crown. Because it wasn't the power in David's swing. It was the power of the victor who brought the swing into reality and got man right where it needed to be. It's absolutely the power of Almighty God that works in us that causes us to be unstoppable. The dead can be raised. The, the sick can be healed. Anyone can find the strength. You can be a victor. You can have no money, and you can have plenty of food. You don't have to worry, for my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. For I know this, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have this confidence and this assurance that I am a child of the Most High and living God because I hear his voice. He is speaking. The great shepherd is speaking this morning. He said, who do you say that I am? To his disciples, really? Is this conversation necessary? Yes. Because it's the same question we must ask ourselves this morning. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. One of my favorite verses in all the world to preach. 
I love it in the middle, in the heat of a sermon, when I can jump up and say, you are the Christ. Because I know he didn't just get up and go, well, you know, son of God, Jesus. In order for him, see, in that moment, he was hearing the words of Jesus, who is the word, right? The word, the express image of the Father, the glory of him risen in a man. He's standing there, right there, the heir of all things, the one who owns and controls the whole world. He is there, right in their midst, and he looks at them with his eyes. They, they may not have been in that glorified state of fire just then, but they saw fire. He may not have had hair as white as wool while he was talking to them, but they saw the, the wisdom and the maturity in his talk and in his, in his voice. And there, as he looked them in the eye, and he began to speak to them, the word of God being revealed and showing them who he was, Simon jumped up and said, Thou art the Christ! the son of the living God. And in that, man, I believe they shouted. I believe Peter probably ran and did a dance. I believe he was all over the place. I'm not gonna do it. I believe there was power in those words that there might've even been a local earthquake right then when he said it. I believe it had such power because you see the word of God reveals who he is. The word became flesh. The word is Christ, and Christ is the son of the living God. When you read the word, you're reading God. When you want to know who God is, you go to the word. When you want to know who Christ is, you don't have to go to a museum and look at a famous painting. Why don't you just open up the word of God? It said he is not comely and attractive like the world would say, but he has such a love and a passion and a fire inside of him. He loved and he came to serve. The, all through the word of God it tells you and shows you and paints you a beautiful picture of who he is and here's the other thing this word the Bible says is a living thing sharper than any two-edged sword so when you read these words every family in America probably has two or three Bibles at their house I just wish sometimes they'd read them Imagine having in your hands a supernatural, I mean, you all talk about Ninja Turtles and you talk about Star Wars and the lightsaber. And this is supernatural. You ought to have felt the Holy Spirit I felt when I said that just then. This is supernatural. It's not written by man. It was written by the Holy Spirit of God. Breathed in man. Supernatural. You want to see something powerful? Open up and read. You want to fix your marriage? Go to Ephesians. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Read what love is. You want to understand how to raise children? It's in the book. You want to understand how to be a good businessman and do business right? Go to Proverbs. You want to know about the future? Go to Revelation. Go to Daniel. Go to Ezekiel. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look at the words here written in this book and understand the truth and the power that's behind it. This powerful book will give you the confidence and the faith to receive a healing from God. It will bring salvation to your heart and soul and give you eternal life. 
It'll cause you to be set free from bondages and all kinds of chains and all kinds of turmoil and trouble in this life. This very supernatural book, it is Christ. It is God. It is Him revealed in the flesh. This is something that you and I can hold on to and have confidence in. Why people don't embrace it and hold it, I'll never forget it. When I was part of Campus Choir at Lee University, we were on a mission trip, and it was unbelievable. The, the people that were lined up, we had taken a whole bunch of Bibles. We had crates of Bibles that we were taking over to, uh, to the places where we were, and, and they were literally lined up everywhere trying to get a hold of, of, of a Bible. And, and it was unreal. The one lady, we didn't speak the language of the people, but there, there, there was so much that was going on with them that they'd given all the Bibles away. And, and one of my, my best friends at the time, she, she said, man, she turned around and she grabbed one of the boxes and she looked at the lady and she said, I, I have no more boxes. I have no more Bibles. All I have is this box. And she looked at the box and showed her that the box was empty. And the woman looked at her and reached over and grabbed the empty box, held it to her breast, and went running back to her house. The truth of God supernaturally revealed through this word, this powerful word. You want to know who Jesus is? Oh, I just want to know him. I just want to find out if he's real. I just want to discover all the truths to the universe. I want to be the one who figures it all out. But who can know? I mean, you know, all we got in the world is just this, this hope. Man, you don't know very much about what's been given you. You want to know if God is real? It's in here. You want to know the question answered to every question you'll ever have in your life, it's in here. Why are you wasting time? Why are we wasting time? Every, every answer to all of your life is here. God wants you and I to see it again. Who do you say that I am? Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I do. Peter, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Lord, you've already asked me that. You know I love you. Peter, tend to my sheep. Do you love me? Lord, you know all things. That's right. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. God wants us to keep in check. Christ, who's here this morning, walking up and down. Would you pray with me, Christians? Christ who is walking up and down the aisles of this church this morning. How do I know? Because he told me. He told me in Matthew chapter 28 when he said, I will never leave you. I'll go with you all the way to the end 
of the age. He said in his word, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. He told me in his word. How do you know that, that God loves you? Because God so loved the world that he gave his son. How do I know that he's going to be there for me? Because his word tells you that he can abundantly supply you with life and life more than you ever dreamed or asked for. There's power in his word. There's power in who he is. He's the greatest. There is none greater than him. Nowhere will you ever run and find an answer. If you don't have an answer, you've not went to the right source. The woman at the well came in the heat of the day, and there he was waiting for her. He was standing there waiting for her as she came looking for water. He said, I'm the water you need. The source is Christ. The answers you need are found in Christ. His work alive in your heart. That's all you need in the whole world. No, I, I need other things. I, I, I can't do this on my own. I, I can't figure out my life. I can't figure out how to live the way I should. I, your answer is in Jesus. Greater is he than anyone else in heaven, in hell, on earth. No one can answer your questions. Even when you have questions that need answered when it comes to him, he's still your source. He's the one. Ask him. Look to him. Search him out. Answers are there to be found. You have struggled. You have fought. You have tried to please so many different people. You've looked for answers in your own actions, your own behavior. You looked to try to make everything work out all right. You've tried to think it up in your own mind, in your own brain. You've tried, and you have failed miserably. Come back to a centralized truth. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer for the church. He's the answer for the pastor. He's an answer for the family. He's an answer for the marriage. He's an answer for children that are wayward. He's the answer for your finances. He's the answer for your job. He's the answer for it all. Sometimes we have to be reminded because if we forget, we tend to slip back into our old lives. We fade back into our old ways. First thing that happens is we begin to doubt again. There is no doubt when you're looking square into his face and his face is found in this word. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer 
for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Would you stand with me this morning? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Sing that with him, would you? Jesus is the way. Oh, yeah. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 says this then. Because we know this, because we've been reminded, because we've answered the question, who do you say that I am? The Hebrew writer says, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? Hebrews chapter 4 says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we, present, we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. I heard this the other day. I want to have Godfidence. Isn't that good? I wish I made it up. I did. I want to have Godfidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Where God spoke, has spoken through visions and dreams and prophets, angels, creation, writing on walls, he now speaks through his son. And his son is right here, right with you this morning. Through the work of his Holy Spirit, he asks you the question, who do you say that I am? And if you can answer it, if you can answer it right, I promise you, faith will arise in you. Oh, you need to hear me. Faith that can move mountains. Faith that can cause victory after victory, make you unstoppable by any means of attack held against you. Some of you are wrestling and you feel like you're fighting every time you turn around. I'm talking about an unstoppable faith will rise up inside you if you answer the question right. And you say, yes, pastor, that's for the lost. No, that's for them, but it's also for you. If you will see him again in a fresh perspective, God, who in many different ways spoke in times past through his prophets and through many different ways, has now spoken through his son, made him heir of all things, made him the one who made the worlds, literally has become all, all 
powerful and holds the world through his own words who when he had been on the cross and gave himself for your sins sat down at the right hand of the father where he now sits as king of the universe if you will see him afresh and brand new this morning there is nothing nothing that can stop you you say you are not to say that to people if you can't back it up I can't but he can he can back it up this word is a refuge a high tower this word is safety in the storm this ref this word is your financial need met this word is demonic powers broken and strongholds removed this word is salvation for your lost son and your lost daughter this word is deliverance for you and your family and this word is the hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus I can do all things through him who strengthens me so now I'll ask you again with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you need Christ you need him in your life you need that answer you need him to be the champion of your soul and you're here right here right now and you don't want to leave this place the same way you walked in there is a wonderful wonderful invitation being made to you right now by the Holy Spirit I can't save you the church can't save you Christ can the Holy Spirit at work in you right now, right where you stand. You don't have to sign a paper. You don't have to give an offering. You don't have to give anybody anything at all. All you need to do right now is surrender your heart to Christ right where you stand. And your seat becomes that altar before his throne. If you're here and you need Christ and you need saved this morning, would you lift your hand up right where you are and right back down? I want to pray with you this morning. I want to know who I'm praying for. Are you here? God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Amen. Praise God. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Lord. Sing it again, Gary. Jesus is the answer. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready to make that decision? Are you ready to give him everything? Maybe you've been in the church. Maybe you've had struggles. Today, today, you know who he is. You'll say it over again. I know who you are. Amen. If you're here today and you're part of the church, but you'd say, I needed a fresh revelation of who he is. And I'm walking out of here today, Lord, with a renewed confidence that you are my victor. And I can do all things through you. Where are you at? Let me see your hand. All over the house. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Tremendous. We're going to pray a prayer right now. This prayer, as I said, it's just words, but comes from your heart, spoken, and from your heart, God and heaven are paying attention. Turn your whole life around. Let's pray together. Church, help me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. You are the Christ. 
I know that you died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I accept you as my Lord. I ask you, be the Lord of my life. I believe this in my heart. I now confess it with my mouth. Strengthen me. Help me. Establish me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want our staff, our ministers, if they would, to come into the altar. I'm going to dismiss, but not without giving you an opportunity. If you're here today and you would like special prayer before you leave, ministers, if you'd come. If you'd like to have special prayer in the altar today before we go, we're going to be down here to meet you and just pray. Please don't come forward to talk about announcements or, or to do anything like that. This is a time of prayer. We want you to come if you feel that you'd like that, please make your way into the altar. Father, we come to you this morning. We ask you to minister to your people. Help us in a fresh revelation of who you are. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will touch our church to get a fresh vision, to understand and know the power that is in seeing you and knowing who you are. To remind ourselves again in light of the attacks that are poised against us at times, the world that pushes in at us from every side. May we remember that you are the Christ and that nothing can stop us as long as we keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name, and everyone together said amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Jesus is the answer.